welcome to Blades Pod. It's Tuesday, the 6th of October. My name is Ben, and on the line, actually starting this podcast a few minutes ago by inadvertently knocking his microphone into the bin, which is perhaps symbolic for what we're going to talk about, (laughs) is, of course, Andrew. How are you, mate? I wasn't even on a rant either then. I just like sort of knocked it. So, um, yeah, sign of things to come. I'm all right, better than I were on Sunday and Monday, to be fair. Sort of getting round to what I thought were a pretty poor display. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll certainly get into that. A, uh, a 2-1 defeat at Arsenal. We're also going to talk about the signing of Rian Brewster, which is uplifting. So, you know, mm. stay with us. And, um, and we'll also... Um, we're going to rate our, our transfer window as a whole out of 10, I think. Just look at the... Uh, incomings and outgoings and kind of uh yeah what, what we think of the current situation is of course uh 10 more days in which we can sign players from efl clubs uh can no longer sign players from other premier league teams or from international teams just efl now but knowing how united have conducted their business um i would say over the last four years basically mm. i would imagine we're probably still uh, still gonna be quite active in the next 10 days or so so we'll get to that we're going to have to talk about Arsenal first, obviously. And um, yeah, you, I, I just want to like give you the floor here because you, you hit on a, a really key point um, while we were kind of discussing the game almost in real time, I suppose, while it was still going on that I think had been kind of percolating at the back of my mind, but you, you brought it very much to the forefront. And that is that we're quite boring at the moment and it's making it very hard to watch when we're also kind of not very good. Do you want to just expand on that? This is the thing. I don't mind being boring and getting a three-point because we needed it. You know, we needed that three points. I understand that completely. But you look at everything else at the moment in the Premier League going on and even Burnley aren't, you know, got any points to score in goals and stuff. I don't. I don't like saying this because it sounds a bit. I always feel feels like it's a bit childish toys out of the pram. But I do think we're the most boring team in the league at this particular moment to watch. I, I mean, I can't argue with that at all. I mean, it's just. Um, yeah, I mean, what do we have? I think after sixty-five minutes, we'd had one shot against Arsenal, and that was um, McGoldrick. You know, who's twenty yards out, and it went twenty yards wide. I think. You know. Yeah. Absolutely zero goal threat. But I mean, yeah, last season our games had the lowest. Uh, average number of goals in out of any other team's fixtures across the whole league. That's not, mm. I don't think that's surprising to anyone to, to learn that. No. I mean, you know, what did we score? I think 39 goals in 38 games. We obviously had a, a really good defence that, um, you know, kept one of the uh, the lowest amount of goals conceded in the league as well. So, and, and I'd like to point out, we've still got one of the best defences in the league, weirdly. <laughs> we, we actually do. I was going to get to that later, but as soon as you brought it up, I will just mention that. Um, yeah, of, of all the teams that have played four games, of obviously, which we are one. Only five have conceded a low amount of goals. <laughs> we also we also have the fourth best XG against, i.e. we have the fourth best defence in the league, and we have zero points and are basically bottom of the league. So but I think I think that comes back to kind of what you, you're getting at is that everyone else is like fighting fire with fire in these games, you know, toe to toe, you score three, we'll score four. And we're, we're the fire brigade turning up and being like, you know, just spraying foam on everything. Like, no, no fun honestly, for anybody. That's what it felt like. I think I like I said, uh, when I come out and text somebody and I said like, uh, it's like the exciting Premier League. Look how many goals, and then we come along. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right back to reality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and yeah, this part of this kind of dullness of watching us is, as you, as, as we kind of said, you know, we, we were at times pretty boring to watch last season, but. The difference that being there makes to that. I mean, you think some of our home games last season were 
were hardly classics, were they? I mean, you know, no, no, the, no. I'd say the the win over Palace, for example, maybe the win over Norwich, even even the win over West Ham, to be honest. Like, yeah, 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 there weren't many chances in that game at all. But like you say, it's the crowd made that a fantastic game, drove us on to a certain degree in the sense that, um, get out, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and just... <laughs> sort of like, don't let you get away with that sort of uh, sort of negative football that we're, we are definitely playing, or, or certainly in the... I'd say in two of the four games, Villa, you could talk about circumstances, but I'd also argue that we, we didn't create anything, uh, you know, in the first 10 minutes of that game, and we didn't sort of do anything other than the penalty after. Yeah. And then this game, particularly on Sunday... It was. I've wrote down here that if you look at the team that started, is it really that surprising how uncreative we were? Because mm. we had Lundstrom and Osborne as essentially the the creative midfielders, didn't we? Yeah. You know, you got Burgers the holding one. They're the two who were supposed to create something from midfield. But not the overlapping centre half thing is just not happening at the moment. I think Basham got in the area a couple of times. Robinson just it's just it's just not happening for him in that sense at all. Um, so that's not happening. And then we've got Baldock and Stevens, and Stevens in particular offering absolutely no threat at all mm. as a, a, a in an attacking sense of the things. And I think I think Baldock had one of his poorer games as well, actually, on especially in an attacking sense on uh, on Sunday. So what we what have we got there to create anything? We we seem to just rely on well, let's try and get Burke over the top, which did work a couple of times, to be fair. Yeah. But when we got into decent positions, but that was the one sort of chance we had. When we went one 0 down, I think you messaged me saying, "Well, that's that then," and I think we all felt like that, not in a in, in a childish sort of way. Oh, that's it, we're rubbish. But we'd not created a single thing, so why would we get back into a game? And the same with Villa. I know that were ten men, so that's that's a different sort of situation. But mm. as soon as they scored, that were it, weren't it? Really? Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the root of my feeling of being kind of bored watching these games. It's just that that feeling of hopelessness of like how. How? What are we trying to do? How are we going to change this? Are we? Are we just going to? I mean, because I will say I don't feel like we're playing like stylistically playing that differently. You mentioned this last week to yeah. basically basically the last uh, I don't know probably go back like the last fifteen games like so. Including... Yeah, I think post Christmas Liverpool away onwards or something like that. Yeah, it's just um, I don't see how we change what the plan is to change games at the moment. And also just to finally circle circle back just one final thing on the uh, the crowds thing. When it was a dull game, when you're there, you you you're into like every tackle, every clearance, mm. every you know defensive header, every dribble, every cross, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas now it's like I just you know another sanitized TV experience that you know I just get more and more frustrated with whatever the commentators are saying and <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just it's weird because I, I thought it doesn't feel like football and I'd love to know whether this is just because of how we're playing. Because I look at the seven twos and the six ones, and I'm thinking this is this is not football. What's going on? This is just like some sort of weird glorified preseason tournament. But I, I can't work out in my own mind whether that's just not not because we're losing, but because as you say, we're getting such a dull. So I mean, I didn't feel like this after the Leeds game. Put it that way, when we when we yeah. actually, you know, that was a good game. So it's probably me as a Sheffield United fan rather than the the ho- football as a whole. But you think you summed it up there, like it's sort of a sanitized sort of TV experience. And it's dull. It's a, I, I'm watching United at the moment reminds me a little bit of how I imagine uh, most Americans see soccer. <laughs> you know, that's just dull. And sort of like, oh, look, it's a goal, and oh, that's one nil. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's that's interesting. You mentioned the Leeds game there, and yeah, definitely we 
you know, thought there were some some green shoots there, something encouraging mm. to draw out of it. I guess it's the away games again for me. I mean, the, the, I don't know how much mm. you can read into the Wolves game with two and a half to six minutes. I'm not. I won't say it's a freak result or anything like that, but I don't think you can read too much into that. And I think we played well against Leeds. Away from home since December, we've been absolutely appalling in results and performances. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's certainly not been uh, not been many games where we've we've gone sort of punch for punch with these teams, or even no. I don't know, even even punch for I don't know, slightly threatening glare. I suppose we basically just. Well, let... that's it. I mean, we've gone from sort of outplaying Tottenham at their ground and then sort of matching Wolves away, and then we sort of went into this weird sort of negative but getting points you know against Palace away and stuff like that Mm. like all the away games I'm on about here and then we just sort of fell off a cliff post lockdown like in terms of results and stuff but yeah it's not I understand I think it's it's important to say that I I don't think this is Chris Wilder who's saying right everyone back Mm. I think the confidence levels are so low you can see that we get the ball, we're running forward, and we don't want to make a mistake, so we're going backwards every single time. And I think it was it's relevant to mention that when we scored, we looked all right for five minutes. I know it's only five minutes, and I'm not saying we deserved anything, but is it just the confidence levels that are making us play like that? Yeah, that, I hope so. Uh, I wonder how much that was Arsenal just being like, "Well, we're two 0 up, the game is over." You know, just completely mm. sat back. Yeah, think, yeah. This is what I mean. You've got to you've got to caveat with that, aren't you? yeah. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, that Leeds game. You know, we we felt pretty well as as upbeat as you can feel after after the way we lost that game, I suppose, um, for our long term <laughs> prospects. But I think uh, and, and this sort of ties together some of what you've been saying there that that team last week was like a patched up team to me that did well with. Yeah, Os- Osborne yeah, yeah, yeah. in for Fleckow, I don't know. Robinson obviously comes in for O'Connell, you know, obviously uh, injured essentially just on the eve of the game or the decision, you know, they would have that operation on the eve of the game. Yeah. Various other players, you know, not available, not fit, etc. And And some of my optimism from that game came from the idea that we patched that team together and it still did pretty well. It, you know, on another day we win that game. Yeah. But right now, this... And, and I don't want to be... I, I'm, I'm very conscious that this could sound like complete overreaction to losing to Arsenal, who will probably finish in the top eight this season. You know, not many teams will go and win at Arsenal this season. But the thing that worries me, and I do think this is probably our worst performance so far this season, certainly the most frustrating one for me, I feel like we've lost our identity as to what we're trying to do when we have the ball. I wrote you know, that down, exactly that, lost identity. I think that's absolutely spot on. And that worries me. Like I don't, I don't understand why Norwood isn't playing. I don't understand why Osborne was playing ahead of Fleck, and I don't think that should continue anymore. Like I just, obviously, I can't, I can't understand that. I, at the moment, to me, we're playing five at the back and three defensive midfielders, and then two strikers just sort of on their own. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and then you get things like uh, Burke goes off after about fifty-five minutes, and. You know that essentially killed any chances we had of getting up the pitch. I know we had a, as you say, you know we had a, a good last ten minutes or so. But you know, I, I, for me, a, a twenty yarder and some scrambled moments at the death doesn't mask that this was a a really limp, disappointing performance in possession. And I know we, I know we defended well for an hour or so. But if you don't have any threat at all, we we just sleepwalk into a defeat. I... That's that's it. That's exactly right. That that sort of. You give up that amount of possession, and I don't think Arsenal will go by any stretch of the imagination. And on the view from after, their fans weren't happy with their own performance. But I think it's understandable because I thought they were poor as well. But you, they've got players. They've got based on what's happening at the moment is 
we defend okay, 60 minutes, yeah, we'll keep them out, shape's good. Oh, look, we've been undone by, I don't know, a mistake or a bit of quality. And that's it, game over. Yeah. Because we're offering absolutely nothing. You're sort of inviting, not just inviting pressure, it's just waiting for the inevitable to happen. And we've got nothing at the other end. Yeah, and I, I want to see... The is, is is baffling to me at the moment, as you said as well, just to pick up on that point. Norwood and... I, I don't know if Fleck is still injured, but for me, I think... I've seen a lot of people say Fleck's forms fell off a cliff like since uh, lockdown. I looked into it last night. He's actually only started four games since lockdown, and two of them were clearly playing through injury Yeah. Uh, in the first two. Has he been that bad? I don't know. I mean, he's, he's played... Sorry, he's played five games, including the... Um, including the Wolves game as well, where I personally think he were one of our better players in the second half. Yeah. And then if he hasn't got a knock, he's all of a sudden just been dropped. I, and then we've had Lundstrom, who's been pretty average for a, well, a year now. I know we've had a three-month break or whatever it was. but And he's in every week. I, I, I'm confused at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, this is one of the first times I've like genuinely sort of questioned the team selection, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and it's just felt like... I don't. I don't. I just don't get it. Like I feel generally uh, when we've you know when we've tried something a bit left field or you know when we've when we've changed things. Or like, I I kind of understand what we're trying to do here, but right now I just don't. And I think you know for the Norwood thing really baffles me. I mean, we just yeah. gave a new contract like what three months ago, something like that. And I can sort of see why you play Berger in there. That's his position and all this. But it's weird because pre-season all the noises from Berger were that I'm getting used to that midfield role on the right, and that's yeah. how I see myself now. And I know I don't think we're particularly bad against Wolves. I know some some people do. I have seen some comments who said he were awful against Wolves. I don't agree with that, but that's, you know, if Wilder's seen it like that, that's fair enough. But I don't think he's played bad enough, consistently enough, to warrant being sort of just completely left out, especially when you look at the former Lundstrom and, and, and the two games that Osborne's played as well. Yeah, I, ju- I just think we've lost so much. Like, you know, I thought Berger was really good against Leeds. And, you know, he, he mm. did. He was our. Um... He was on the ball more than any of our other midfielders um, against Arsenal, but we just we're we're lacking that switch of play. Like our whole pace of play is so slow when we get the ball. I mean, even God, I the think... pace is just frighteningly. Do you know what I said? Like I went probably a couple of kids, and I said like I don't want to sound like this sort of to be. This sounds awful because I, I, this is just purely on this game. I did feel a bit embarrassed at times just to how slow we were. Like in sort of, I thought we played exactly like a championship team would if they went to Arsenal. Yeah, but and, and shit, it's going to sound harsh, but like in a way that I'd probably be disappointed if we were a championship yeah. team and we turned up and played. Like... Let's be honest, it were a, it were a Warnock style performance were it like in the Premier League yeah pretty much we've said some harsh words in the last couple of weeks it's really this is what I mean I can only I'm not talking about this particular game here and you know I'm not like I'm not saying Wilder out and all this sort of nonsense but there's no point in us doing this pod if we're not going to be honest about what we feel and I hope you know in in three games time we've got the same team out and we've won three in a row and we're saying what we're on about there Osborne's banged three in from midfield or do you know what I mean and Wilder knows more than us, but we can only give his opinion, obviously. And at this moment in time, I think it's really sort of... It's just it's a tough watch. Yeah, yes. It it really, really is hard to watch. And not just not just because we're losing, but the uh, the manner in which we're losing as well, where you just feel like, well, how are we going to score? Like, I, you know, mm. I would say out of most of these games, apart from the Leeds game, I've you know basically just been like, I don't really see where a goal's coming from. I know we came close a couple of times against Wolves, but a lot of that... We've been doing this sort of thing of containing, away from home at least, containing for 60, 70 minutes, then seeing where we are, and let's try and go for it. 
Clough did that to a degree and got hammered. In the cup games, it worked with Clough to a certain degree because we had a couple of pacey wingers in, like Jamie Murphy, who could run with the ball. We hadn't even got that. If we're going to play like that, I think we need like at least two or three players who can get the ball and run with the ball and create something off their own back. At the moment, there's probably only Burke who, who can, who's got the pace to sort of stretch the defence when they're pushing forward. It's not as if we're breaking. I, I can't see the... I can't see the logic behind defending as deep as we are and, and, and playing as negative as we are if we have pretty much no outlet whatsoever. Yeah, indeed. Um, how how worried are you out of 10 for the uh, future prospects of our season? This game made me more worried than... I, this, God, this is the most depressing podcast I think we've ever done. Now. <laughs> if you ask me now, right, all the money in your bank... You have to you have to put it's not much in it, but if you have to put uh, if you have to put it on uh, going down or staying up, I genuinely will probably be siding towards putting it on going down because a lot of things have gone against us with O'Connell and all this sort of stuff and uh, the injuries to him, the lack of form from sort of Stevens, the you know the, the stalwarts who have got us there, um, I've just not not got to the. I, I think there's I think we look far worse than last season. Obviously lost the goalkeeper. I thought I don't think Ramsdale's done anything wrong personally, but he's not Henderson. I think everything sort of points towards the fact, unless these new lads, and obviously I hope we get onto the, we're going to the transfers later, mm. unless Bogle and Lowe and Ampadu can come in and and Brewster, and really cause a you know a turnaround in our play, it's it's going to be a slog. I I don't see there's only Burnley, Fulham, and West Brom at the moment I look at and think they're probably as bad as us. This Fulham game is huge, isn't it? It is. We we will talk about Fulham in detail next week. So obviously it's. Uh... 10 day, well, two, almost two weeks between games with a, a pesky international break in the way. Um, yeah, I think I am like an 8 out of 10 worried right now. And it would um, it would almost certainly be 10 out of 10 if Chris Wilder was not our manager, I think. Just, mm. you know, fortunately, we have a large, a large body of work, 200 games now, in fact, in which uh, Wilder's consistently kind of overcome any adversity. If we had, say... Uh, I don't know, Scott Parker, for example, as our manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely be into full-on panic mode, but I don't know. Or we... even Warnock and something. This is oh, what I mean. Geez, it's easy. Yeah. I, I, people might listen to this and say stuff like, how oh, dare you slag Wilder off? And it's not about that for me. I think he's the one reason that we've got a chance still mm. uh, above anything else. But you can only do what you, you... You can only go on what you're seeing. And what we're seeing at the moment, is, it's just not Sheffield United, is it? I think Jay tweeted it out, actually, on his account, that... It, you know, it's not United. Did do we have one shot in the area? Was that right? Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, it came from a like a defensive missed header almost, and then McGoldrick sort of slapped it straight into the guy. I don't know. It was a real. And the worry for me is, Robert it, it, brought Brewster, and we definitely need a striker. I don't think that striker. I don't think Brewster does anything in that game because I don't think he's got a chance to do anything. No, I don't we think he changes that that performance. Put it that way. I, I've, I've said for a couple of weeks now. I think we're desperate for a midfielder personally. If we, if, Bob, oh, we could just put Norwood back in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I know what you mean with strikers. I, I look this up. We we've created a grand total of one point one xg for our four strikers so far, of which more than half is sharp for one chance in the Wolves game. Yeah, that's across seven hundred minutes for those four strikers. I mean. That's pitiful, frankly. You know, Watkins had more than that in one game against Liverpool. Um, so yeah, we we need apps. I, I, I agree. I don't. I don't think Brewster really. Maybe it gives us a bit more threat, like uh, on the counter attack in that game. But yeah, generally we have to get better at creating chances for strikers for sure. Um, and I think this is where like you, you're looking. At, I'm not going to slag sort of Stevens or Baldock off or whatever, but. 
if we're not doing the overlapping thing, which is not happening at all, really, even with Basham's side, it's certainly not happening when, when Robinson's in, we're, we're going to have to create from them wing-back positions because the midfield, as it stands, and it's just not sort of individually creative enough to, to do it themselves. Yeah. I think we should say, in, in fairness, you know, fine margins have definitely not gone in our favour so far. We are... You know, we are one one thing going our way from probably being like not a great start, but pretty much fine. I mean, look how many yeah. how, many, how many teams have got three points. So yeah, if we had uh, you know, say we'd scored that penalty against Villa and then held on, for example, yeah, we'd be level on points with Manchester United and Brighton, who've, who've Man- Brighton particularly have been brilliant apparently from what you know every game they play brilliantly yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, seem yeah. to lose. Um, I have had a tough start, to be fair. So, you know, there's that. There's obviously, um, you know, going 2-0 down so early. There's uh, Egan getting sent off. Uh, there's Lundstrom, you know, having that chance saved against uh, against Leeds, completely different game. Mm. And then there's an, an incident in this one as well, which we can probably get to now. And mm. I don't want to... I said to you after the game, like, I hope Wilder doesn't go on about this in terms of... I just don't think it's a good look. But obviously, he's going to get asked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having been asked about it, his feelings come out on it. And as, as is very often the case with him, he's only really saying what I think a lot of us feel, even though I'm sort of thinking, like, I'd kind of rather we talked about our own failings right now. Yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in fairness to Wilder, he didn't start off with himself. Like, if that were Warnock, mm-hmm. you're saying, what do you think of the result? Well, the referee's a disgrace, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do that. He waited till he were asked, and then it all came out. It is a disgrace. I'm trying not to think about it, because I've got to be honest, I think even if he gets sent off, the way we were playing, I don't. I still don't think we win that game. I might, might seem harsh. Maybe it can change it. But we were having, I don't see how that changes us in a, in a creative sense. If you know, mm. playing against ten, I don't. I, I really, obviously, you can't tell. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't think we're playing well enough to. So I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that changed the game. But it's just pathetic again, isn't it, refereeing? To be fair, yeah, I think it's significant. From everybody enhances. involved, not not just Anthony Taylor, from everybody. Uh, was he the VAR? It was. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Lee Mason was the referee. Lee Mason, just sorry, yeah, don't want to, you know, don't want to <laughs> unnecessarily disparage Anthony Taylor. I'm sure we'll have the opportunity to do that at some point during the season. Um, yeah, yeah uh, what was I going to say about this? Uh, I, I think it would, I think it would significantly enhance our chances of getting something out of the game. To be honest, if they played almost the entire game with ten men, even I, though... I understand what you mean. <laughs> Maybe I'm just trying to do that sort of defending. Uh, sorry. Uh... Yeah, defending my own mind about getting angry, if you know what I mean, by thinking, yeah. well, we didn't, we didn't deserve anything anyway. But what I just mean is, it, I don't know about... I mean, can you imagine if that if he had been sent off and then we'd have lost 1-0 or something? That'd have been like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. But, OK, so what happens there? Uh, Louise um, basically mishits a back pass to, uh, to Leno, which, by the way, I was absolutely furious that Leno was stood where he was. I don't know if you were. This is part of the... Uh, Watching on TV experience. As soon as I saw um, uh, Louise under hit this pass, I was like, "Burke's in, fantastic!" And then, mm. um, and then obviously Leno appears stage left and clears <laughs> it out of play. And I was just doing my nose, like, "Why is he doing stood there? In what yeah, world is yeah, the goalkeeper yeah. stood there? Like, he should be in his box." And you know, we should be uh, Burke should be in on goal. But unbeknownst to me, I didn't see it in real time. Louise has a ball. No, 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 I'm going to say we're only on the replay that I saw it. Yeah, Louise has a a good handful of Burke's shirt. Uh, Leno gets the ball a split second before Burke does, clears it out for a throw-in. No free kick is given, no red card is given. VAR don't even think it's worth um, checking in terms of asking uh, Mason to look at it again. It is incredibly similar to uh, what 
Egan was sent off for against um, against West mm-hmm. uh, excuse me Villa. I would argue it's a much better goal scoring chance because if he gets to that ball a split second earlier, he takes it round him and he can yeah. he can dribble to the goal line, kneel down and head it in on his knees, kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and yeah, basically everybody external to this game has said that it was a red card and it wasn't. And yeah, it's just week after week, it feels like one of these things is going against us at the minute. And I know they're not, it just comes back to that whole thing about just want consistency, don't it? But it's so, yeah. when it's when it's your own player that gets punished for doing that, and then this just gets completely overlooked, it's so frustrating. And I, I know what you're saying about like, well, we, you know, the way that we played didn't really deserve much anyway, but come on, these things have to start going in our favour, don't they? And it could just make such yeah. a difference. I mean, they were what... fuming at our time, weren't they, as well, in the in the studio, ever a lot sort of crestfallen almost about the decision. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, I, I, like I say, I think, I, think, I think it's my own sort of mind trying to protect itself and getting angry about referees that I've not thought about it that much. But because you look at it and you, it's just obvious, isn't it? And the fact that we've... What's the oh, what's the point of like sort of VAR if it's not even going to go to it with something like that? Yeah, I will say uh, we have to start falling over. We we ha- I feel like the we're penalty talking- in the second half. We're oh my lord! Again, shouting at my television. Like, yeah, why did and you no not fall see over? It, but if you're gonna if you have to cheat to to do it, everyone else is doing it. Like, and that is part of the game. And I don't want to play this. We're holier than any other side. Do you know what I mean? I've seen how some of our players go down easily and stuff like that, or maybe yeah. put certain tackles in or whatever, but. You're gonna to have to do it, I'm afraid. I think I remember. Remember when Warnock uh, slagged Akinbaye off after that game? Oh yeah, against Crewe. I know Wilders had a word with Lundstrom and said, "Look, mate, we don't want to die, but if you get touched, you you have to go down because that he goes down. That that's going to VAR, and they have to give a pen. I think the referee gives a penalty. He treads on him. It's I think nine times out of ten the referee gives a penalty in real time. It's I, I don't think that's even up for debate. And it's so frustrating. I feel like I feel like we've been talking about it for a year or so, and you know, Wilder's mentioned it as well. You know, this this idea that we need to be a bit more street smart, a bit more savvy, yeah. and you know, more in line with the uh, you know so called dark arts and all that. And yeah. you know, look, when we're comfortably mid table, we can play the proper football men card. But right now, we need every little edge that we can yeah. get. We're we're actively harming ourselves. I mean. Look, Watkins. Watkins sells that red card against us. Berg mm. doesn't. But I mean, like I said, I didn't even notice it. I mean, some of the players did. Obviously, Osborne starts appealing. But yeah. It's just we just need to be less honest. I mean, Osborne did one himself in the in the first half. It was it was a minor thing, but he like picked off the ball about forty yards out, and he dribbled in front of an Arsenal player and lost the ball. And again, I was just shouting at my TV, just fall over. Like yeah. let let the guy run into the back of you. You have absolutely nothing ahead of you. You know, there's. Unless you're going to dribble around three players and, and smash it in, we're not getting anything out of this. Just take a free kick and we'll get everybody forward. You don't have to go. I mean, I think what annoys people is people going down like Richarlison last season and, oh, my, you know, screaming around. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? You don't have to embarrass yourself in that way. You can just go down, say, whoa, ref, what's going on? You know yeah, if somebody trips you or, like, pulls you back, fall over and take yep. the free kick or whatever comes your way because everybody else is doing it and we're not and it's really well, doing my from it. We are, I mean, well, yeah. I probably missed the pen, but, <laughs> you know, <he's, laughs> but, you know, we go 1-0 up then and then you've got something to, to defend, haven't you? Like, in Arsenal panic and all this sort of stuff and, ah, oh, for so frustrating the refereeing decisions and stuff like that and, do you know what annoyed me last when I was thinking about it is that, um, like, Wilder's obviously, he'll have had a sleepless night after that thinking, should I have done this? Should I have took Burke off? Blah, 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 blah. 
I just have this horrible image of Lee Mason sleeping soundly in his bed. Yeah, that's another game done. You know, give him money. He's not a to answer to anybody. No one's, <laughs> you know, sort of criticising him on podcasts, saying why is he, why is he doing this and why is he doing that and. You know, he's not—he's not having to look on Twitter and see like everyone's saying he should be sacked, other than Sheffield. You know, a small amount of fans of the Premier League. Mm. I, it's just—I don't know. I think they should have to answer to to these because that's a terrible decision from everybody. And it, if you're Mike Riley, the head of referees, it's got to be embarrassing just as a professional. Yeah, indeed. But let's uh, yeah, let's let's make it easier for referees to give us decisions by uh, falling over when you're fouled, please, in future. I will say. I 100% thought Sander Berger was going to be sent off for that tackle on Aubameyang. Um, I don't think it is a red I card. I think the, the, but... the TV camera sort of made it like he wanted him to get sent. Is he talk sport yesterday? He tweeted out, was this a sending off? And he yeah, sort of oh, cut you know it what? just as it looked like he was doing some sort of mad karate kick at him. <laughs> it, it wasn't just them. I saw Match of the Day had done it as well. And I thought, oh, screw you. Like, you know, we're getting stuffed by these decisions and you're... You know, you show the, the the one still that makes it look like a leg breaking tackle yeah. instead of instead of a clean but heavy tackle that like ends yeah. up clipping him on the follow through. Yeah, that that really ticked me off. I, I'm surprised well. it didn't send him off for for a number of reasons. I think that uh, it, because he saws, because he's Arsenal, because he's a bad ref, because Val's mad. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I say I thought it were off because it took ages as well, didn't it? Like to sort of, I don't know how long they were looking at it for, but he booked him and then the, obviously Aubameyang's rolling around and then you're thinking hang on this is not over this yeah it's uh, it's definitely a seen him given tackle isn't yeah, it yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah. and uh, I will say if he had sent him off I don't think VAR corrects it in in any world to be honest oh. I think it definitely no, stays no 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 he's off he's definitely off yeah, so, so what a ref Lee Mason congratulations yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lee Mason indeed um so, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about uh, being boring to watch, but we, we are also very good at making other teams boring to watch as well, I think. Yeah, is, that's, that's our main talent. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, and, yeah, we restricted Arsenal to 0.5 XG in this game, which is is pretty pretty rubbish. And, you know, Ramsdale more or less had nothing to do apart from the two goals. I don't remember. There was that one save in the first half where he sliced the clearance and a Bamiyang yeah, shot. From, yeah, yeah Bamiyang shoots from 25 yards and he just gets a fingertip on it, which is good. Good save to make up from his own mistake, um, but yeah, we do eventually concede. As he just just felt was going to happen at some point, you know. Uh, I think Pepe mm. had come on at this point. Um, he seems to do well against us actually. Maybe he is actually mm. a good mm. a good player. You know, he did cost seventy plus million. I like him to be honest. I don't know why he don't play for. I know he's inconsistent. I like players like that though, who can sort of not do anything for. 85 minutes or whatever and then just do something because we don't have a player like that that's probably why I like him so much <laughs> yeah indeed um, it was good good fast interplay around the box from them that we mm. we couldn't keep up with I, I personally didn't feel like oh we've made an absolute clangor there I don't think it's great defending that you know four players are essentially able to touch the ball in our box without anyone really near yeah. them because and obviously he gets in front of Baldock for the header as well yeah which just uh, yeah it just sort of sails over his head doesn't it into the top mm. corner it's a Good header by Saka. And then a couple of minutes later, um, you know, kind of in transition. Yeah, Pepe um, finds the far corner, basically. I feel, I think we made a mistake not showing him on the outside, but uh, watching it again, I think Egan was trying to do that. He just didn't do it very well. And um, Pepe kind of shifts the ball pretty quickly onto his left foot and um, finds the bottom corner, as I say. And yeah, that's that's then his his game over. I mean, before this, um, Burke had gone off, which, I mean, what did you make of that? 
So he, he was looking angry when he came off, because so, I thought at first like he might be knackered or whatever, but I, I, I don't get it. I think it was, the, like I said earlier, I think he's the one outlet of that game that we had, which was a ball over the top for Bird to chase. I wouldn't say he terrorised Arsenal, but I think he definitely caused them far more issues than anyone else in the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when Bernie came on, how slow did we look? Nothing to do with Bernie and Sharp and McGoldrick come on. You're thinking, wow, this is so slow now. There was a moment, I think, after we'd scored, um, which we'll get to in a sec, where we we sort of count, countered in inverted commas down the left, and it was walking pace. I think it like it went out to Sharp on the wing, and then you know Mar got word to I think Berger, and then you know um, I think Fleck was on at this point. And I was like, "What? What is this? Like, this is supposed to be a counter attack. We've got like three minutes left in which to try and scramble mm. another goal, and we're, you know, we're strolling forward. That's what I mean about that pace. It's not just players not being able to run fast; it's the pace we're playing at the minute and yeah. that really kind of just safe way of playing. So, and I'm sure yeah. Wilder can see this. Like I say, he's not an idiot. Yeah. He's not. He's not Nigel Adkins. This guy. He's not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he must see that and think. What? Why are we so slow? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we need to be quicker than that because. It sounds like you say we're chasing a game. We had a, the first time we in that five minutes spell, we had a bit of a break, and I know exactly what you mean. It went to sort of sharp on the left, didn't it? Mm. And you, I'm like, wow, this is just you sort of did. You're like, go on, and then you're like, ah, oh, deflated because it's so slow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we should say we did a goal. At last. We, we did goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we only went and done a goal, and what a goal it was as well! A, a delightful finish from McGoldrick. Um, Louise basically just uh, I don't know seems to be thinking about uh, his next haircut I think he just stands <laughs> off him McGoldrick says thanks very much I will amble to the edge of the area and just uh, swing one in on my left foot from 20 yards really nice finish and was, I was just like yay <laughs> finally yeah. something good happened it's taken what five I know we did score in the last game last season didn't we but uh, yeah, was yeah, that yeah, a yeah. second goal in seven games something like that going that's, back to I, do you know we've we've not scored in half of the last 24 I think I think that's right as in 12 games we haven't scored in yeah I think that's right yeah and and yeah I think that I think that's correct yeah yeah, so I, I believe you. Yeah, there's a, you know, <laughs> when you think of like, well, I mean, we started uh, Project Restart with three straight goalless games, I think, didn't we? Yeah, that's Villa, yeah, Villa yeah. Newcastle, uh, Man U. Um, Weirdly, I didn't think Dids were good in this game. I, 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 I thought I he had a really poor game. I, I was saying actually, like, oh, maybe it's time for him to come out of the team and stuff. And then he bangs that in. He's like, what a player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's harsh because he's the only player who has scored for us in in any competitions this season, and they've both been. Take, I don't think you can drop him just for that. I know it sounds mad, but you know I, I think he's the only to. one who scored. I, I think we should leave him out of the next game. I you think? See, uh, yeah, I want to see McBurney and Brewster start for the next game. Yeah, um, yeah I just. McGoldrick hasn't offered much for me so far at all in the no, no, he's what, not. fairly limited minutes. He's, let me just check that actually. How many minutes has we played? Has he played like basically every game? I can't remember. No, he, played, he only played the last two. He didn't play at all in the first game. He came in as a sub. Uh, and then the second game, he got took off about, what, 20 minutes in or whatever. So Yeah, 213 minutes so far. Although only Burke has played more minutes actually. So Interesting that. that yes. Wow, that is, is that true? Can't be right. Stevens must have played every minute. I know. Sorry, uh, out of the forwards. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really nice, really nice goal. Uh, so, uh, you know, a glimmer of, of of enjoyment, I suppose. At no stage did I feel like we were going to get a second, although we kind of almost could have done, you know, a couple of sort of uh, snapshots, I suppose. But as you say, you know, we still only created one, created, if you can put it that way, one shot in the box in the whole 90 minutes, even with 
Arsenal sitting offers for those last five yeah, or ten. Yeah. Um, That's so... what I mean. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, come on, it's Arsenal. I don't think that were a good Arsenal performance. And I don't think it's a particularly great Arsenal team. I know everyone oh, yeah. keeps saying they're better under Arteta. It might be a bit better than they were under Emery. I still don't think they're anywhere near a top four side. No, I think they're an upper mid-table side, to be honest. Mm. I think, yeah, top eight is probably... I think people are seeing the name rather than the team and, and saying, well, oh, come on, it's Arsenal. You know, if we were to play like that against Man City, you could sort of say, well, yeah, damage limitation. I think there was something there for us, to be honest, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the manner of the performance that really annoyed me, to be honest. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, losing is annoying as well, but, you know, just that... Re- they... I don't know if it's there for the taking, but I definitely think we should have posed them a lot more problems because I don't think they're good defensively at all. I don't think much of El Neni in midfield. The the strikers are going to get chances at some point, as we uh, we, well kind of saw, I suppose. I suppose, again, we did a good job of limiting Aubameyang. I should look this up, actually, but I feel like Aubameyang's had maybe like four shots in three games against us or something like Mm. that. He he only had one in the... um, uh, one nil win at Bramall Lane, I think, and yeah, you know, apart from a twenty five yard. The thing is, is it, are we that scared of his defence? Is that why we're playing so negative? That don't make sense to me. If you know what I mean, not to and me either. Because if you've got a bad defence, then eventually you get something's going to go wrong, and you're going to concede. Like you're yeah. just inviting pressure. So and no, I don't I, think I, we're actually other than that first game. I don't think we're defending badly anyway. Even against there are a couple of moments against Leeds and against Arsenal, you, but it's the Premier League. You know what I mean? It's going you're going to get yeah. caught out now and again. It'd be mad to think they can just completely hold out we did it last season as well we got away with it in a couple of occasions last season yeah. I think I don't know I don't understand why we're sort of so overly protective of that defence when it's the best part of the team yeah time to uh, time to freshen things up I think I definitely want to see Fleck and Norwood start the next game as I say we'll talk about Fulham in more detail next week yeah I do wonder if it's time to freshen up the wing backs as well I mean I, I feel I feel a bit sorry for Ender because he's obviously gone from O'Connell and Fleck to Robinson yeah. and Osborne who yeah, yeah, with, yeah. All, with all respect we signed them as backups for us you know they were yeah. kind of backups of Forest as well I'm going to say and, two Forest backup players that in the Championship who are now backup players in the Premier or started should I say now in the Premier League so yeah and I, I think Baldock's been one of our better performers for what mm. it's worth over the four games but you know, we know that Bogle is probably more dynamic going forward. You know, that's certainly his strength. You yeah, know, we, signed, we signed these two guys to bring competition. Low and Low and Bogle is is mm. now the time to uh, try one or both of them. To be honest, the, the only thing I, I can't argue with that, and I, and I think I agree with you, is that it's such a big game that mm. do you stick with your tried and tested Stevens and Baldock sort of because they've been there and done it? Do you, do you stick with your your lieutenants, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? The people who've like done everything for you all these past four years in such a big game. Or do you love the new lads in and freshen it up? Go with the uh, team you think is most likely to win the game. <laughs> yeah, that's and, it. And, 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 it cross- is as simple as I mean, it, like I say, it, it's the first time in, in the Wilder Reeler, although I can remember anyway, mm. where I've sort of looked at a team and thought, I don't really know what he's trying to do here, to be honest, with, with that midfield in particular. Yeah, and I just think it's time to, for me anyway, Norwood, Fleck, and Berger play in midfielder. Uh, in midfield, should I say? And I think immediately we look a far better team. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love an explanation on why we've not been playing Norwood. I, I really would like to know. Weird that no one's that. asked him. I mean, the only thing that someone said is why is Berger played there, and he said, oh, "I think it's time," and that, mm. that's fair. But I'd like to all. What about Norwood? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the sort of key cog in pretty much everything good that we've done over the last couple of years. I don't yeah. think I think I think I've seen some people criticise Norwood. I don't think he was absolutely superb at the end of last season or anything like that. Mm. I don't think it's like why have we dropped his best player but 
there's nothing I've seen from Osborne, Lundstrom and Berger's a three that makes me think, well, yeah, that's an improvement on Norwood. Yeah, I think the thing with Norwood is when he's good, we're good. That's yeah. that's my shorthand for what I think he brings to the team. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I really just think we're lacking something there now. There's that, that quickness of play, of switching play from, you know, we've got it in deep midfield and suddenly it's on the right wing, that kind of yeah. thing. We, we <laughs> yeah. don't have that at all anymore. So I mean, Especially with Burke playing, he's not played with Burke. And you'd have thought, you know, with his range of passing, he could put it into into areas that Burke can cause a nuisance. Yeah, very possible. Um, final final thought from me on this. A lovely third kit. Well done, Sheffield United. Yeah, that I is... like it. Yep, I'm glad you said this. My dad hates it. <laughs> oh, no. I think it's... Oh, uh, lovely Sheffield oh, Shut up. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. It looks a bit, a uh, little bit Australian uh, yeah. one-day international cricket team from the uh, <laughs> mid-2000s. Mid probably more a South Africa kit, actually. But yeah, I South think it's, Africa, uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's excellent. It looks really, really smart. We've obviously realised that we can't wear our home or away kit against any team that wears red or white, which is <laughs> you know, it's a good job there's not many of those teams in the Premier League. Yeah, well, I, we might need a fourth kit, seeing we've lost in the first three anyway. So <laughs> just bring a new kit out every week until we're winning it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't like the home shirt. I meant to mention that a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Actually, I'm I'm fully out on the home shirt, and not just because we've lost in it both times, but yeah. I just it's the relegation shirt in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nice one on the uh, on the third kit. A delightful green and gold number. Um, we're going to bring back by popular request alternative man of the match, mate. I don't know. I don't actually know who was the man of the match in this game for United. Like legitimately, it's a hard one to pick. Yeah, I think that in the actual man of the match, there's only two players I think can walk off and say, "Yeah, I, I did, I did, I did enough to be in a team that deserved to win." I think that's probably Burke and Egan for me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. What about, um, sort of, about your alternative man of the match then for this week? I'm going to go after slagged him off all podcasts. Really, it's Chris Wilder. Ah, uh, okay. Two hundred games uh, for us, I believe, against Arsenal. Uh, and what a ride. I mean, it's easy now. We're bottom of the Premier. I have to keep, you know, sort of checking myself as well when I'm saying, oh, this is ridiculous and this is rubbish. Then I just think, you know, I mean, I know everyone, you can't keep harking back to say, you know, oh, we were bottom of League One and now look at us and stuff. But it is important to say, you know, the, a Villa fan came on the S2 forum and he were talking about sort of, oh, you need to spend some money and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't think people realise from the outside or, or even in the inside because you're too caught up in it. How much stri- you know the strides we've made so quickly? Mm. If we go down, it's sort of—I won't say it's inevitable, but it's not a shock because it's not a shock if things catch up with us because the, the the team has progressed quicker than the club. The club can't afford to really compete in the Premier League in terms of. You looked at Fulham yesterday; we brought off Loftus Cheek, and apparently they're only paying him hundred grand a week. Yeah. Obviously, we can't do that because the club has not progressed in this, as quick as the team because we spent six years in League One. This man, Wilder, has basically, in this pandemic as well, with everything going on, has basically ensured the future of the club, whatever happens this season. We go down, yeah, we might lose a few players, and I'm not saying we're going to bounce straight back, but we're in what a good position we're in. And it's all down to him, really, now and now. Very nicely put. Yeah, 99 wins out of 200 games as well. I feel yeah. like... I, th- I think the 99 wins thing is the new uh, we never lose when we're ahead at half time stat that like I don't want to hear anymore you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah, stop yeah. bringing that up stop saying he's on 99 wins like <laughs> mention when he gets to 100 wins yeah, 100 I don't wins keep... yeah <laughs> yeah I've been on 99 wins now for like 7 games so let's let's leave that one aside um, my alternative man of the match even though I said I don't want him to play for the next game David McGoldrick he misses all those tappings last season he sees 
keeper after keeper pull off ridiculous saves. He goes round the keeper and puts it in the side net in. He hits the woodwork, misses out on all those easy chances, and then he, he goes and scores a 20-yard curler against Arsenal. That's uh, expected goals regression right there. Yeah. 0.12 XG, I think it was. Swings it into the bottom corner of the net. Take What's that, bad finishing. Two in three starts, is that right? I think so. I reckon if you go back yeah, to... Two in, four, two in four starts. So basically he's going to get at least 20 this season. So. I'd say so, yeah. I reckon if you go back to... It'd be interesting to look at the goals per minute from the moment he got his first one against Reading in the FA Cup, I think it was. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I bet it's not that bad, you know. Must no, have it won't be. No. It'll definitely be our most prolific score at the moment, won't it? Yeah, easily. So well done, McGoldrick. Um, yeah, as I say, it's time to... Uh, Maybe this up. year he's going to play badly, but score. <laughs> oh. He played brilliantly and couldn't score. <laughs> I love it. We did say that there was like that deal with the devil thing of you'll you'll look like the best like forward in the Premier League, but you will never score a goal. <laughs> and this is it. It's payback time. He'll yeah. play terribly and score every single week. I love it, mate. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about uh, our transfer window as a whole. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. All right, we are back. And yeah, we're just going to talk about uh, United's transfer window as a whole, I guess, to uh, to kind of round off this week. Um, obviously, as I said, the deadline is still... Uh, well, the window is still open for EFL transfers, and I expect we'll be updating this in uh, in 10 days or so. But yeah, I want to give, a, give an overall rating out of 10 to this window. Um, let me just quickly run through the deals as they stand. I believe this is right. Uh, Rian Brewster joins from Liverpool, 23 million. Aaron Ramsdale from Bournemouth for 18 million. These numbers are pretty rough, I think, because mm-hmm. as always, clubs are quite protective with the actual numbers. Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe come in from Derby for about 10 million. Uh, Oliver, Bo- Oliver Burke arrives uh, with some cash from West Brom in exchange for Callum Robinson. Ethan Ampadu from Chelsea on a season long loan. West Fodderingham, backup goalkeeper for free. We also signed uh, Ishmaela Koulibaly from Sarpsborg, Sarp- I believe it is, and he has been immediately loaned to uh, Be a Shot, a Belgian club that we have affiliations with, which I believe is work permit related. Um, outgoings all on loan I think Luke Freeman to Forrest Regan Slater to Hull Jake Eastwood to Kilmarnock 
Tyler Smith to Swindon, Reese Norrington Davis to Luton, and Callum Robinson, the one permanent one to uh, to West Brom. The, the sort of notable outgoings, I guess, of players who've been close-ish to the first team uh, in the last couple of years. Um, so we, we're going to talk about Brewster specifically in a moment, but give me your overall rating out of 10 for United's transfer window. It's so difficult, this. Because I'm I'm basing it on a lot of players that I've not actually seen play a Premier League game. Mm. Um, I'm going to go six. Okay. I because I think on paper it's a fantastic sort of a fantastic uh, selection of players you can build a team around for a long, long time, all being well. I think Bogle, Lowe, Burke, Brewster, Ramsdale. There's five players there who, all being well, they're all young enough. They could be with us for another five or six years. I reckon I could be saying this time in two seasons' time, that transfer window was a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, because in the same way that the transfer window where we got O'Connell, Fleck, uh, Duffy, you know what I mean? Uh, and all those those three came in and then obviously formed the nucleus of the team that saw us get promoted. I just can't give it higher than that at the moment because I've not seen... Well, I've seen I've not seen Bogle and Lowe play at all because I didn't see the Burnley game. I've seen Ampadu play once... And I've not seen Brewster play, so I, I feel it would be silly of me to give it above a six at the moment. I think it's right. really potentially a, a really good, really good window, long term. Maybe not for this season or at this particular moment, at least. So I, I am going to be silly, and I'm, going to, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing at the obviously guessing at how successful some of these players yeah. will be. But you know, I guess that's that's what you do with any signing, isn't it? You don't know how good yeah, they're going to yeah, be yeah. until they join. Um, for me, it's it's an eight out of ten. I think my my main knock is. Mm that only Brewster is an obvious improvement to our first team. Um, yeah. And that Wilder, at the end of last season, talked about adding like pace and mobility at the top of the pitch. And we sort of done that in Burke and Brewster, but yeah, it's just two players. And my other knock is it's taken a while to get here as well. I mean, we, you know, four games have gone. That's oh, more than yeah. 10% of the season, you know, and we're on zero points. So, yeah, that, that you know, taking a while to get... Uh, I would say a striker was one of our main priorities the moment that Moussa got injured, which was, what, the week before the season? So it was about four or five yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of good reasons why it took us until Friday to sign Brewster and even then didn't get him in time for, um, no. get registered in time for Arsenal. Which I don't but, think the way we played would have made too much difference, to be completely honest. Yeah, but I think given our fairly limited resources compared to other teams and our willingness to, or unwillingness, I should say, to compete with. Uh, Villa and Fulham particularly on uh, on players like Matty Cash and Anthony Robinson I think this represents a pretty good window to be honest it's, it's easy to sort of mock I guess when you get, you've gone 0 for 4 to start the season mm-hmm. but I think Brewster is a really exciting signing we, yeah. we should also say we've spent quite a bit of money it's about 50 million I we think have. that we've spent which yeah, is not yeah, insignificant yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's with pretty much zero coming the other way you know a couple of million for Callum Robinson I think is basically yeah. it um, so we have invested. Uh, Brewster is exciting. Ramsdale, we didn't have a goalkeeper, so that's you know in theory that problem is now solved for the very foreseeable future. Forever. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. The next ten years. Like, oh, I boy, mean, anyway. genuinely, yeah. If it if it goes well, yes, that is a great investment, and who knows, he may may go on to be uh, an England goalkeeper in the next year or two. Um, I think Bogle and Lowe, very good value backups at a position we absolutely needed. That, that's my other thing. I feel like we've addressed, we've looked at which positions we needed help at and we've signed players for those positions. The question mark is, are they are they enough to take us to the next level? I think 
I think if we were sat comfortably in mid-table at the moment, we'd be raving about what a great window this is. But because we've got zero points, we're sort of going like, well, do any of these actually improve us from where we were last season? I think this is the difficulty that Wilder had in the window because (sighs) who would have sort of predicted, for instance, that Norwood, Fleck, O'Connell would not be in this team this year for whatever the form, injuries or whatever... And then we've also got the loss of form of a, of a player, player in Stevens, who for me has been fantastic for three seasons, pretty much straight. We've probably mm. had 15 to 16 average to poor games in a row. You're not really expecting that to happen either. So these signings all make sense to me, complete sense. Uh, and, and I think the, the long-term of the club, the long-term future of the club is Bogle, Lowe, uh, Brewster, Ramsdale, you know, I think, and even Burke. I think they're, they're eventually they're going to take that first-team place. Yeah. We might need them quicker than than they than what I did. I don't know if you heard McGoldrick's interview after the match. Actually, I haven't actually. Go ahead. He said something like, "Yeah, he's still a lot to play from. We've still got these young lads to come in who are uh, getting to grips with everything." So it's almost as if like Wilder's getting him fully up to speed and fully up to fitness before he throws him in. Mm. Whether he needs to do that a little bit earlier than he planned, I'm not sure. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I keep forgetting Burke is only like 23, actually. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. In my head, he's like 30 or something I know. like that. Yeah, yeah. But again, every player we've signed has been under 25, aren't they? So it's a definite change in philosophy. Uh, and he's mm. definitely more building long-term. And I think... So someone was saying yesterday, like, if we went down, we'd, we'd sell us players and then we, we had the parachute payments are gone, the assets and stuff. I think the players that we brought in are all proven high-end championship quality players. I think there's undoubtedly that we've signed it with one eye. I think that the signings always have been one eye. Well, if we go down, we're not going to leave ourselves in a bad position. Hmm. I think, that, like I say, the, we can build with these players. Um, the reason I can't give them above a six is purely because I've not seen them play. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, do, do you have anything to say about the players that have uh, left us, gone out on loan? Well, Callum Robinson is now the best striker in Europe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, I, 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 I mean, I think there's a definite argument to say with Fleck being whatever is happening with Fleck, that Freeman could have got a game uh, in his last two. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I think he might well have done, yeah. Um, obviously scored for uh, the other team that are bottom of... Uh, in fact, I think, I think they've got zero points as well for us, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, and I don't think he's playing that well. I'll, I'm going to try and get a loan update done this weekend, actually, with the international breaks being on. Uh, hmm. So I'm going to try and see what, the, what people are saying about Freeman and uh, Norrington Davis and stuff. But I don't think... They're blown away by Freeman's performances, but I just think that the way we're playing, I'd rather have had Freeman on that pitch against Arsenal than Osborne when we were losing one 0 Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, com- completely agree with that. Yeah, um, I-, I think Regan Slater. A few people thought he'd be around the team, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's close to that level yet. From what I've seen, to be honest, he's so, uh, uh... Yeah, he's gone to Hull in League yeah, One. Yeah, 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 so that's the right thing for him to do. I think we have the op- option to recall him in January. So. We'll see how that goes. Norrington Davis, obviously at Luton in the Championship, but that's a good um, a good next step in his development. He's in the uh, Senior Wales squad as well, actually this week. I think. Mm, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting to see if if he gets involved. But no, I think I think overall, um, there's. I think we did a pretty much about the best we could do with our resources. I think in this window, you look at. I mean, I, I just like cite someone like Ampadu. I think I think he's a better defender than anyone would have been able to sign permanently for particularly the way we play where we like to build from the or bring it out from the back i suppose and you know get people I'd like to, actually actually forward. before i forget because uh, there's been a bit of talk about our forums and stuff do you think ampadu should play on the left hand side instead of robinson 
I don't know in terms of I don't know if he can. I yeah. know he is quite two footed. Um I think he's obviously a better player than Jack Robinson. Yeah. But yeah, I think Robinson's okay, like I said last week. You know, he's not he's not a good Premier League player. I think he's probably a average to slightly below average Premier League player, but yeah, I don't know. That feels like shoehorning him in a little bit mm. to me. I'd this be surprised thing, if we did that. Because I've seen a lot of people say, I don't think it'd have made too much difference. I mean, mm. people are saying, oh, yeah, he, can play, both, that, he yeah. can play with both feet and stuff. But I think there's a big difference between being able to and sort of wanting to. I don't think, people think our attacking, uh, you know, as an overlapping centre-half, he'd be better than Robinson. I think he'd be cutting in a lot. And I think that just loses any point of having an overload, really. Yeah, I guess, I mean, what you kind of said there, I mean, Almost like what is is there a massive swing in either direction? To be honest, of mm. like put, swapping Ampadu, it slightly out of position for Robinson, probably not. So you know, maybe maybe there is a higher upside. So yeah, maybe I I, I wonder if we'll see him in midfield at some point. Actually, if, particularly if Norwood is uh, for some reason, I would love to see this. Even if it's, I mean, we, unfortunately we're out of the League Cup, aren't we? So we can't do that, but. I'd love mm. to see him play in midfield, whether it's in the, the Norwood role or even as a, a right-sided Lundstrom box-to-box, because he is good on the ball. He's quite clearly comfortable on the ball, and I think we've, we've massively liked that in, in the opening part of this season, people who can keep possession. Mm. Yeah, and, and also use it positively as well. I mean, I think I think he and Berger did that really well against Leeds, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Berger not hugely in this Arsenal game. Let's talk about Brewster, because we sort of jumped around it a little bit, and I feel like we need our spirits lifting a little bit. <laughs> He is, of course, our new record signing, an England under-21 striker. Um, absolutely lit up the championship with uh, with Swansea in half a season loan last year. 11 goals in 22 games, including the playoffs. Uh, what, what, I mean, what do you make of this? It's obviously, I think it's slightly dampened by the fact that we were linked with him for so long. And then we're not going to get to see him play for two weeks after he signs anyway. So it's like, oh, I really wanted him to be available for Arsenal. Like I say, probably wouldn't have moved the needle too much in that game, but I just... Yeah. Uh, you know, you invest all that money in a new striker that we've been crying out for. And, you can't play. Uh, yeah, so, but you've overall... You've England under 21 squad, aren't they, which led to rumours of, oh, my God, he's injured. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to just <laughs> turn off the season, already. if that was the yeah, case. Exactly, but, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, what I'd like to say, and I, I don't think most of our fans, but we all know the sort of fans I'm talking about, if he doesn't score in the first three games, let's not just call him a flop immediately. He's 20 years old. No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It. If if he doesn't score, if, if he has a, a a fairly average season even this season, or even a poor season this season, it, it means that Liverpool aren't going to sign him, and we've got him for another four years. So let's just stick with him because he's clearly got talent. And I, I think it's hard for, to expect a twenty-year-old kid to come in and sort of save your season as as he's like sort of being built. I've seen Lawrenson was saying it, Mark. I don't know if you saw football focus, but Lawrenson saying, "Well, it's a lot to ask for a twenty-year-old to come in and keep you." There. For me, that's not what we bought him. It's a long-term thing for me with Brewster, which might sound yeah. daft because of this Liverpool thing of they can buy him back. In my opinion, if Liverpool are buying him back, we've not only survived in the Premier League, but we've had a really good season because he'll have scored twenty odd goals. Yeah, he'll he'll be an England international. I'd that's have it. If he's, uh, we we if, stay up if Brewster goes back to Liverpool. <laughs> Yeah, blimey. Put it that way. Oh. So I, I, I'm not bothered about that. People say, no, it's just a glorified loan deal. It's not. Because if he doesn't get out to the greatest start, and it could happen, he's never played at Premier League level before, and he's still only 20, we've, we've got him for five years. Yes, indeed. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean there. Anyone who's expecting he and he alone to turn us around is probably going to be disappointed. Like. Do you remember you know, when Patrick Zufo signed? Sorry, I've gone off a tangent a little bit here. This is a good tangent, go ahead. Yeah, and there was so much hype about it because we signed him and then he got, he was banned for the first like 
four months of the season for Red Button a ref or something stupid like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. in France. And then I always remember the game he came on against Fulham, and there was such hype about him. He got the ball in the halfway line, and they all, they all crowd went, go on! <laughs> As if he was just going to take everyone on. And I just feel that that's what people are going to be like with Brewster. He's going to get the ball yeah. like the, in his own area, and everyone's going, why didn't he score? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could be some of that, I suppose. I mean, he, <laughs> from what I've seen of him, uh, which is only a handful of games for, for Swansea, I mean, we, we sort of touched on it, but, you know, he hasn't played much football. Um, you know, he is a young kid, so we're we're buying high on potential here for mm. sure. And I think value-wise, it's it's another case, a bit like Ramsdale, where we've probably play, paid the uh, the upper of his value. I think I don't feel like we've got a bargain here no. by any means. You're paying for but, potential, like you say. You're paying on the hope that in two or three years' time, he's worth double what you've paid for. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that's probably I guess, the same with Bogle as well. To be fair. Yeah, I guess it's similar to what Villa have done with Watkins. Really, they've mm. you know they, they've paid the peak of his value, uh, yeah. having you know with him having done it over a longer stretch in the Championship. Um, I mean, he's a, he just seems like a very good finisher, like like an instinctive finisher, a little bit like Sharp in that respect, where you know he's either he's either set himself early anticipating the chance, or he he just didn't need to set himself at all. I mean, he scored goals with um, with both feet from from all areas. I will say he yeah. looks uh, a good striker of a football, which sounds yes. very I reductive. In the Arsenal game, what I do like about him, actually, is that he gets the ball and just hammers it as soon as he gets it. Yeah, and I think that's a weakness of um, McBurney and McGoldrick, to be honest, that they don't generally seem to strike it that cleanly. McGoldrick definitely doesn't. We had the, think... honestly, the same conversation about this in the pub on Sunday when we were watching the game. We were saying... Every sort of McBurdy shot is like a scuff, like sort of, some, yeah. sort of comes off his shin or whatever. You never seen blast one in there. Yeah, so um, you know Bruce has definitely got that in his uh, in his locker for sure. He's he's not an out and out poacher. I mean, I mentioned Sharp there, but he you know he he is very mobile as well. Mm. I will say he's not. I've already seen this. I think it was on the Athletic actually, just saying you know he has a abundance of pace that you know what I need. I was like. I really don't think he has. I don't like, think he not... has. I don't think it. I th- this is another thing that I worry about. I think I've seen a couple of our fans saying but it's, that's the pace that we need. Get him and Burke up from. No, he's not Moose. <laughs> no, he's not, and he's not Burke either. No, I don't I don't, think. I don't, like, no, he's far from that. He's, he's, a, he's a more of a poacher, a sort of. A, not what I mean by a poacher is a goal scorer. Not, not. I don't mean like a Billy Sharp style poacher. I think hmm. he, he, he is a fantastic finisher, and that's his main attribute. Yeah, mobile but not lightning. Like I, I think if it, yeah. people are going to be disappointed if they're expecting him to suddenly, you know, be bursting beyond everyone like Musa has done. I mean, uh, I'm loath to do this, but I think people had the similar kind of impression with Callum Robinson, and then there was a lot yeah. of disappointment about him not being lightning fast. Well, he, he never was. Like, he no, was a, no, no. It was like a almost more of like a Deli Alley type play. You know what? Play, still two goals against Chelsea. I still seeing people saying that's the sort of pace we need. We need the, why we got rid of his most fast pacey forwards. Like, <laughs> what have you not watched him for the past? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's not a fast player, Callum Robinson. He's not slow. He's not, He's not. no offence, but he's not Billy Sharp in the sense that he gets the ball and it sort of stops and you whatever. He, he can run with the ball, but he's not He's not a, 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 a Moose sort of player. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, Brewster, not the finished article, but definitely one to get excited about. As I say, I was I was hoping we'd just sneaked him in before the registration deadline on Friday, but sadly no. So we have to wait for the um, the Fulham game for uh, for his debut. But I am I'm certain, barring some some mishap, that we will uh, tap on the nearest piece of wood and hope it does not happen that uh, he'll be starting <laughs> yeah, that game yeah, against yeah. Fulham. Um, 
Ideally with uh, with McBurney. If I think my he mind. has to start, yeah. I think he, he, he has to come straight in. Yeah, agree. Um, any anything else you want to say about uh, about our window? No, I with... think I think it's easy. It's going to be easy for people to say it's been a, a poor window. I do. I said to you yesterday. And I, I can't again. It's something I'm not quite. It's way too early, I think, to properly judge it. But I do wonder about the Ampadu signing in hindsight with the injury and the lack of midfield talent or creativity, should I say, that we've got. Mm. Was Ampadu the best use of that loan spell when it looks like he's only going to be playing instead of Egan and Basham, who have been two of our best players? Mm, yeah, so again, circumstances have really conspired against us a little bit with yeah. with the Moussa injury, with the uh, O'Connell injury, for sure. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And and we were, well, we still are, I suppose, very actively pursuing um, a starting replacement for O'Connell. Uh Congolo from Huddersfield was one that... Um, I mean, I saw a reporter that he had a medical with us, but I, I don't think yeah, he did. I, mean, I think I he's injured. I see, yeah, he's injured. Yeah, I think he's out for like... <laughs> what I don't get about that is someone said he were out for two or three months, and I think, well, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. That you may as well... I mean, that means we're going to be playing with Robinson for that amount of time. You may as well wait till January, aren't you? Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, what's the, uh, what's the sort of burning issue that you see that we need to resolve in the next 10 days? Is it just... Left centre back, or no, are there, I'd there prefer is? if we sign a midfielder above a, a left centre back. Personally, I, I'd love mm. to see us sign a right side, a John Swift type sort of player. Actually, you know, someone who can mm. sort of someone different to what we've got in that midfield because we've got a lot of workhorses in there at the moment, or or, or technically good passers such as Norwood and Berg. I don't think we've got yep. anybody to run with the ball and sort of create anything out of nowhere. And I do think we miss that. I personally, if we, if you, if you get for me now, right, you have to sign a midfielder or a left centre half. I'd sign a midfielder and just put Ampadu at left centre half or, or Robinson or whoever. Hmm, it's it's compelling. Um, yeah, I, I I still like Berger on the right of the three. I, I this like, is it. I, think... I mean, the, the replacement could be there. The, the, sorry, the answer could be there. So, yeah, I think we, I think we are covered there with um, Ampadu being able to play in the middle and Norwood when he eventually returns from this. Uh, inexplicable exile. exile so, um, yeah. But the other thing yeah. is, I think we were expecting Lundstrom to leave as well. So I think that's mm. probably like sort of. And yeah, I mean, if someone comes in for him, I mean, they can't now, can they? Unless it's a championship club, to be fair. I think he's going to see out his contract yeah. by the looks of it now, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to. In January, he can sign a, a pre contract with, uh, I think, teams overseas, actually. So including, well, outside of England. So Yeah, I, I would say it's about Lundstrom that I, I don't think he's been great since Christmas or whatever. I, I think that anyone talking about like his lack of effort is just barking up the wrong tree for me. I think his, his effort is definitely there. I just yeah. don't think he's what we need as a starter in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just comes back to if he wasn't trying hard or if there was a problem behind the scenes, he would not have started all four games and played almost every minute. Like, yeah. There's absolutely no way he would have done that. Nah, so, no. yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. Um, what was I going to say? Something. About... Oh, yeah, I'm a little... A little surprised we uh, haven't used our other Premier League loan. I am, to be honest. yeah, I am. I mean, obviously, you can't. It could be a Championship loan, couldn't it? Oh, that's true. Yeah, uh, a lot of talk about David Brooks, isn't there? Wow, imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's wishful, wishful thinking. I think it's that's... not going to happen. I don't, I don't see where he sort of. I mean, I like him. Don't get me wrong, but I don't really see where he fits in. Well, we'd have to change how we play. Yeah, we'd have to compl- I think we'd have to go. Which to might some... be the right thing to do. <laughs> this is it. I mean, there was a lot of talk last season, weren't there, about, oh, he's got this new system Wilder he's been working on. The, I, I've, obviously, because we're losing and stuff, and I don't think you should rip it up now. I think it's way too early. But if we are thinking of changing tactics, I, I do like the idea of sort of, 
sort of Brewster as a main striker, and then someone like Burke McGoldrick, and let's say Brooks did come in. Brooks as a mm. sort of a, you know, like as a three. Cause most, most Premier League teams play that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. No. But I don't think we can afford to lose the three midfield with the possession that we concede. Yeah, quite. Um, yeah, want to uh, want to keep an eye on um, the many many rumours that will no doubt be swirling mm. around over the next ten, ten days or so. Um, right, mate. Let's let's finish off this week with who won the Premier League, who won the week in the Premier League, I should say, not who won the Premier League. <laughs> um, far too early for that. It seems. Everton. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, what, who do you who do you want to put forward here? I'm going to say Aston Villa. <laughs> I thought you might, so I am not going to. Go ahead. Oh, just, oh, they just, uh, <laughs> the pain. They just, the pain in yeah, your I've got nothing against them as a club, I have to admit. Well, what annoys me, well, what annoys me with Villa is that, obviously, I picked Dean Smith to be fired and them to go down, so that's making me like a complete fall straight off. I would add that I did make that prediction after they only signed two players, so obviously they had yeah, yeah. and stuff. What annoys me about it is Dean Smith's big, gormless, grinning face as if he's a real manager sort of after beating Liverpool 7-2 and it's just like just it annoys me that Villa have done well or doing better than us or will probably finish above us or whatever simply because they've lobbed money at it and I hate that side of football that you can sort of that there any sort of like tactical preparation or uh, strategy in the in the transfer market goes out of the window when you can just lob money around them and be all right yeah, it's. But they, they won seven two, and I'm just being bitter. So <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I, I will not even attempt to disguise my bitterness. But yeah, I did. It, well, it turns out very naively thought that this would be a transfer window of um, clubs uh, being more frugal, yeah. being smarter about how they go about the business, and. And as it turns out, nobody is. Like no, except maybe I, Burnley, who's not signed anyone. I meant to mention this. I don't know if you saw Wilder's interview, and in, in, I think it was this middle of this week. Mm. Where he said uh, we expected clubs to be, you know, not going mad on the transfer market, and we've been surprised. Yeah, that, that it were about the Brewster deal, so it must have been this week. And I think he, he was taken aback that the likes of Villa have just said, "Well, I'm not bothered." You know, <laughs> pandemic, yeah. not pandemic. Let's just, I mean, let's let's just lob money around. And they've got rich owners, and I, I, and look, I'm bitter because we, we've been so much better from the last three years, and it now looks like they're going to be better than us. And the, and the fact that they can just lob money around like it's gone out of fashion, I'm definitely bitter about that. But do you know what? Fair play to Villa in the sense that they they're going for it, uh, and they they I don't think they've sort of been the most sensible club in the imagination. I think some of the signings have been appalling or, or overrated or whatever. But I think they're going to be fine, and I tip them to go down. So I've got to get Villa because that's a fantastic result, whichever way you look at it. It's insane. Football is is really strange at the moment. I mean, it's. I think there is something to be said for there's a bit of a pre-season still going on here. Mm. Um, you know, when you think of particularly the top clubs, most of them were involved in the Champions League until very late. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but everyone everyone seems to be uh, having exciting games apart from us who, uh, I think I saw someone say this on Twitter, like our games have been the most normal so far. I might have been Berkshire Blade said it actually. Uh, every, every team in the league is having insane results. And uh, apart from us, we're just having the most normal results. It's like, like we're oh, trying as best to make, but we're going to try and make this as normal as possible. You know, <laughs> <laughs> new normal. Forget it. Yeah, <laughs> good shout. I did think you were probably going to mention Villa, so I'm I'm uh, I'm going to zag. I'm going to go uh, Dean Henderson, who I think has had a fantastic week <laughs> because it's an international break. Yep. Pickford and Pope looked awful. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Everton or um, yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. 
So Pickford uh, not only drops one like and a soft shot as well. I mean, it was a catch really. Just jumped yeah, to catch yeah, it. yeah. Dropped it to Mope who taps it in. It's strange how that always seems to happen for him and not like any of our players, doesn't it? But oh, don't want that you, uh, gone there. <laughs> you got to got to get in the penalty area first. Yeah, I suppose. that's it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had one in the second half as well. They just pushed again straight to Mope on the edge of the six yard box and it fortunately blocked. Um, Pope was terrible against Newcastle and eventually was punished for uh, a bad bit of um, uh, footwork. Mm. And then uh, Hender, the man ahead of Henderson at his club, De Gea, goes and concedes six in you know one of the worst results in Man United's modern history, I suppose. So yeah. he's just sat there kicking around going, oh, look, all the other England goalkeepers are terrible and the guy that uh, is keeping me out of the team is also terrible. I, I put this to you the other day, that uh, Southgate will now start Henderson now that he is... Sat on the bench as a Manchester United player, oh, yeah, and not and not starring every single week for little old Sheffield United. Now will be the time that Southgate's like, yeah, actually, classic maybe Southgate, I'll... classic Southgate, in it. I think that you know, <laughs> it's just sort of, it's ridiculous that we. I do think he's the best keeper in England. I really do, but he's not playing. So unless he gets in the Man United team, he's not improved since last year. But he didn't get anywhere near like the first eleven last year. You can't play Pickford. If he play, if he picked Pickford with a straight face, he should be <laughs> sectioned. He should be, should be marched off, honestly. Like, and just say, well, what are you doing? Uh, you can't pick Pickford. He's, he's probably genuinely the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment. Pope's not playing brilliant for Burnley. Sorry? I was going to say certainly bottom five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think. Who would you swap for him? Well, I suppose now that uh, Chelsea are ditching Kepper, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah Villa have got Martinez. I think he's yeah. the worst. I think if Everton are serious about trying to get in the Champions League, with obviously an amazing start, they, they, should, they should be looking for a goalkeeper right now for January. Yeah, do you know what? I'm looking down this list of the Premier League table. I'm really struggling for a team that would take Pickford. Um, I'm assuming Leeds are in on uh, Meslier, whatever his name is, who I think was a little bit dodgy at times last season when he played, but I'm looking at everyone else. Chelsea have got their goalkeeper now. Who's the West Ham? West Ham keeps Fabianski. Yeah. 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 I mean, you go down to, you know, Palace have got Geiter's excellent. Newcastle, uh, I think Darlow's playing at the minute. I'm not sure what's up with Dubravka, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. you know, they're well set. Southampton have got rid of uh, Gunn, so they're absolutely fine. Yeah, they got Mark McCarthy, who's a decent keeper. Uh, Fulham have signed uh, Areola, isn't it? So they're, you know, they're well set. Burnley obviously got Pope, who they're very happy with. West Brom. I'd probably rather have Sam Johnson than yeah. uh, Sam Johnson rather than, uh, than Pickford. So yeah, you're right. I don't see it. It'd be insane to start Pickford. Like it'd just be insane. I don't. I don't. I see understand. What so- especially goalkeepers, you, you 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 help them out as they're going through a rough spell. For me, this is not a rough spell for Pickford. This is a three-year rough spell. Yeah, this is not a rough <laughs> spell anymore for Pickford. This is not a goalkeeper who's making a few mistakes and you think, well, he's only young, whatever. It's been like we're on the third season of bad goalkeeping. Yeah, exactly. And look, there's almost a year till Euro. 2020 well now 21 like now is the time to fix this problem it's not the tournament yeah. doesn't start next week now's the time to fix it because <laughs> yeah. i saw i saw people saying with with all justification like what a massive mistake henderson has made by deciding to stay at manchester united and you know mm. not theoretically compete for the number one shirt at a time where the england shirt should really be up for grabs yeah yeah and he's yeah. you know apart from a couple of you know a cup game against luton or something he's he's just not going to get on the pitch but it may well be that his in his reputation is being enhanced week by week by the ineptitude of others i suppose yeah exactly yeah um, i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a hard one for him to be fair 
does he have does he have to look outside the box? Let's say Pickford gets dropped to Everton, which is I mean, who's Everton's backup goaler? Uh, is it like Jonas Lossel? That's or correct. Yeah, exactly. who, he's not. But I think they're trying to. I think they were trying to sign someone else yesterday. Yeah, I, I, let's say Everton. I think he could he could easily be dropped. Then obviously he can't play for England. You've got Henderson who's not playing for Man United. Pope's yeah. shooing. Ramsdale could get in the squad easily. I mean, he's got criticism from our fans, but you thought he's the next in line being the under-21 goalkeeper. And in all honesty, I don't think Ramsdale's ready for an England, you know, to be England's number one or anything like that. No, no. So it's bad positioning for England, bad, bad position for England at the moment. It is. I missed this, actually. Um, Everton signed the Roma, uh, Roma keeper Robin Olsen on uh, a season-long loan last night. Ooh. So, um, Goodbye, yeah, Mr. there you Pickford. go. So uh, yeah, the only there's only Ramsdale and Pope now are actually their number one. I think um, I, w- I would start Pope to be honest. I think you know he's. I think it's a kind of a toss up between him and Henderson, but yeah. Pope, Pope is a number one goalkeeper at the moment. So yeah, I would. Um, <clears throat> I'd be starting him in these games. In the I think weeks. he has to. I think he has to be the number one now, Pope. Just just due to the consistency of the years before, he's had a poor he had a poor start to this season or whatever. But you know, would, like we said, it's three years for Pickford. Yeah. But he's so good at passing 20 yards to an unmarked defender. Yay. Yeah. No, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> no, Mustafa loves that. Right, let's uh, let's wrap up there, mate. Um, anything you want to you want to plug? I'm sure people your your website must have been doing incredible yeah, numbers. Man, last I few can't weeks. keep up with it. demand. it just keeps going down all the time. Everyone's loving it. Uh, now I, I might try and do some loan views this weekend. I did. Get, I think your dad actually asked me to do. Um, a wilder view and the 200 games thing. I'll try and do it, but I might not get time because I'm always really busy international weekends. I try and get views, you know, from what Scotland fans are saying about McBurney <laughs> and stuff like that, which takes up a lot of my time. But I'll try and do that. But I'm going to try and get some loan views doing it if I get the chance. And if not, I'll just do the international views. And some good games, actually, because they're actually competitive games, aren't they, this time? Like the playoffs and stuff. Playoffs, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, better than the usual uh, usual trash. Cheeky git, my dad. You don't have to listen to him, I don't. So. I really, well, you know, I'll just... Uh, I'll, well, a couple of people have, like, asked me as well and stuff, but they wanted me like to go through the what people were saying when he first came in and all this sort of stuff. But it could end very badly. I, I did say to him that I saw one of the Facebook groups, someone said, get Big Sam in now. So <laughs> this, is where, this is where we're at. So, you know, it might not be the best oh. time to do it. <laughs> Facebook's reputation uh, yeah. preceding it there. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think you know, some people, who's that, that French striker we were after from Met? We were never after him, but... Uh, Diallo or something? Yeah, someone goes, hang on, hang on, I sent it to you, like, you know, Wikipedia said he signed. It's like, it's 2020, man. (laughs) You you don't listen to Wikipedia. I could change it and say he signed for Abbey Lane. (laughs) (laughs) I think someone had changed, I I think it was this player, someone had changed it to... uh... Suggest he had a rather more salacious uh, occupation oh, than really professional like... football. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, nice one, mate. Well, where, where would people check out that very content? www.royceviewfrom.com or Top man. Panchero on Twitter, yeah. At Panchero on Twitter. And, of course, you can follow me at BladesPod as well. Um, good stuff, mate. Enjoyed that. Purging ourselves of yet another uh, poor result. It does feel um, cathartic because I always like. Yeah. I don't think I could do it on the day because I think I'd just be. You'd be like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I get that angry straight after. So good to calm down. And now let's move on and let's, uh, you know, think about the next one. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week, even though there's no game this weekend. Um, who knows? We may have more transfer update stuff to talk about, but we'll be previewing that full game. And uh, yeah, I want to go through some early season narratives in the Premier League and uh, 
it's a kind of stick or twist on whether they're going to carry on or uh, we think it's just smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, we'll be back with that probably about this time next week, I think. But uh, in the meantime, thank you very much to you, mate. Appreciate it as always. Cheers, dude. Thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back next week. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks, as always, to you for downloading and listening as well. And finally, thank you to another of our sponsors at BlazePod, and that is Beer52. As you know, the start of the new football season is here. And what better way to celebrate and watch the match than with some of the best beer on the planet? Beer 52 have the perfect beer for any occasion and they are offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover just the $5.95 for the postage and they will send you a case of eight free beers. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme and as an independent British company, Beer52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose a light option, plus your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, uh, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash blazepod to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash blazepod.